We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Patricia Raskin Positive Living, the program that brings you practical and inspiring principles for living more authentic, engaging, and passionate lives. Created by Patricia Raskin, a catalyst for positive change. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. And now, with Patricia Raskin Positive Living, here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome. Welcome to Patricia Raskin Positive Living. Today we're talking about a very important topic, and that is breast cancer and how can we protect and fight against breast cancer. I'm very fortunate to have Dr. Christine Horner, who is a leading expert on breast cancer prevention in the United States. She's author of the award-winning book, Waking the Warrior Goddess. She is a nationally known surgeon, author, and professional speaker. And she holds two board certifications, the National Board of Surgery and the National Board of Plastic Surgery. She was recognized as a leader in her field shortly after starting her plastic and reconstructive surgery practice because she ran a very successful national campaign to pass laws requiring insurance companies to pay for breast reduction following mastectomy. And she had a five-year crusade with the Breast Reconstruction Advocacy Project, which was the BROP project, which led to the passage of a federal law that was signed by President Bill Clinton in October of 1998. And today, again, we are talking about her new book, Waking the Warrior Goddess, which is her program to protect and fight against breast cancer. Welcome, and thank you for being on the program, Dr. Horner. Oh, thank you so much. It's my pleasure to be with you. Yeah, really appreciate it. Um, I like to talk first, actually, about non-invasive techniques that we can use to significantly lower our risk of cancer. And so I'd like to go through some of these. I know you talk about coffee and selenium, but list some of the things that we can do to help us prevent against breast cancer. Sure. So, um, you know, the whole thing to really be aware of is that um, what the research shows is that there are things that we're doing in our diet and lifestyle and so forth that are contributing to ill health and cancers and things that we can do to help to protect against it. So I kind of use both looking at, you know, what are the things that we need to avoid and what are the things that we need to favor. So the really great news is is that um, what the research shows is that our genetics, has very little to do with it. You know, it has a very, very small influence and that most of the influence, so we're talking probably about 95% of the influence, 
comes from things that are within our control, and they're natural things, and we're not talking having to do surgery or take pharmaceutical medications, but if you, um, you know, educate yourself, which is what my book is all about, about the things that you should avoid and the things that you should favor, then uh, the likelihood of developing breast cancer or really any kind of chronic disease is going to be extraordinarily low. So that's the good news. Now, well, let me just uh, ask you a question, though. Let me just ask you about that. Um, what about predisposition to breast cancer because your mother or grandmother might have had it? Is that a factor? Well, you know, generally speaking, what we what we look at as far as um, family history is um, looking at there's two different uh, components that go along with that, and one is is that a lot of times when we say that there's family history, it actually has nothing to do with genetics, but it has to do with how you were raised. You're all in the same household. I you're see. eating the same food. You're doing the same lifestyle. So the genetic form of breast cancer, um, which the most common one, which is actually rare, is called the BRCA1 gene mutation. And that's what Angelina Jolie uh, got tested positive for. And in those families, what we find is that there's a very high incidence of breast and ovarian cancer uh, and diagnosed at a younger age. So those are, those are kind of the things that alert us that maybe you need to be tested. But I like to emphasize that that's a fairly rare situation mm-hmm. and that the incidence of having the mutation or damaged form of that BRCA1 gene is less than 1%. So over 99% of us do not have that genetic form. And even so if you she do, was very unusual. She was very, this is very rare. What yeah. She had uh-huh. yeah. And so even if you do have the BRCA1 gene mutation, um, there's many things that you can do that can dramatically lower your risk. In fact, when they were looking at the family lineage, you know, going back in time on women that with the BRCA1 genetic mutation families, 100 years ago, the incidence of breast cancer was three times lower in those families. And it's like, well, why is that? Well, it's the same influences that affect women that don't have a genetic mutation uh, affect those women as well. And we know that the incidence of breast cancer has gone up a lot, you know, in the last um, 100 years, let's say, even 50 years. And why is that? It has a lot to do with our diet and lifestyle. So, again, so, it works whether you've got a genetic mutation or not. So what are, before we go with what we should do, what are the no-nos? What are the things we really should not put in our system that put us at risk for breast cancer? Sure. So, um, you know, the standard American diet, the sad diet as we call it, is yeah. really a recipe for disease. Um, and that's why we've seen such an increased risk of cancers and diabetes has gone up 90% in the last 10 years. And, yeah. and uh, you know, heart disease and, and all those things have to do with the fact that we're not eating um, in a healthy way and, you know, looking at doing the fast food meals, the burgers, the french fries, the refined carbohydrates, sugar, drinking too much alcohol, inactivity, uh, obesity. I mean, these are all things that are not, I mean, we've, we've heard them a hundred times that, you know, these things are not good for our health, and those are the exact same things that increase your risk of breast cancer, too. Mm. Um, so on the opposite end, you know, the spectrum, yes. what you want to be doing is um, eating primarily a plant-based diet. I mean, really focusing on getting as many organically grown fruits, vegetables, whole grains, nut seeds in because they're extremely protective 
and then um, doing exercise because we know that exercise is something that not only reduces our cardiovascular risk, but there's all sorts of different proteins and genes that are actually activated in our DNA when we exercise, and they're uh, very protective against many different kinds of chronic diseases, including breast cancer. Um, getting enough sleep and getting sleep at the right time. So going to bed by 10 o'clock and getting up at 6 o'clock has been found to be the most optimal times and hours for us to sleep. Why is and that? It gets, yeah, and so it's like there's these well, different why hormones. Why is that? Why 10 o'clock and why 6 o'clock in the morning? Sure. Why those so specific times? So there's these times? different hormonal fluctuations that occur throughout the day and throughout the night. And when you go to bed by 10 o'clock and get up by 6 o'clock, those hormonal fluctuations are optimal. If you go to bed after 10 o'clock, they're not. And so in particular, they look at a hormone melatonin, which is our sleep hormone, and they find that if you stay up after 10 o'clock, and particularly if you stay up to midnight, that the spike that we normally see in melatonin, our sleep hormone, between midnight and 2 a.m., that doesn't happen. It just flattens out. And melatonin is not only our sleep hormone, but it's also a very powerful antioxidant. It um, controls some of the level of estrogen in our body, which is directly linked to breast cancer. It also has an effect on boosting our immune system. So when you have low melatonin levels, you hurt yourself that way. But in addition to that, there's also a lot of different hormones and interactions that occur um, you know, after midnight and through that time where they found that if people stay up to midnight, that they have twice the incidence of cardiovascular disease, diabetes, obesity, and a variety of different kinds of cancers. So wow. there's a simple so, thing that you can do. That's amazing. Now, I, I didn't realize that. That's really amazing that the preferred bedtime is 10. Now, is this just for women or is this for men and women? It's for men and women because, as I said, you know, if you stay up to midnight, it doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman, your incidence of, you know, heart disease, diabetes, um, obesity, and, and uh, you know, even prostate cancer, colon cancer, and so forth are, um, you know, greatly elevated. In fact, even twice as high. Hmm. All right. So let's look at some other things that are pluses that we should be doing. Now, you say caffeinated coffee. Which is interesting because so many people say that coffee is not good for us. That's right. Yeah, so, you know, it's a really interesting thing where coffee, uh, you know, some of, some of the foods that we have or drinks that we have that they're not black and white, you know, they're not all bad, they're not all good, um, they fall kind of into a gray area. And what the research shows is that there's certain benefits of drinking coffee. In fact, it lowers the risk of uh, diabetes, um, of cancers, you know, like I said, um, Alzheimer's disease and Parkinson's disease. And so there's some, you know, definite health benefits. And if you look at the genetic form of breast cancer, so the BRCA1 gene mutation, uh, caffeinated coffee is one of the um, most effective foods that we can consume mm. to help lower the risk. So women who drink uh, more than five cups of coffee, caffeinated coffee a day can have up to a 70% reduction in breast cancer. Really? What about the yeah. other mix of coffee, though? Yeah, not, That's yeah. interesting. A lot of people go, you know, oh, you, know. you know, you're tell, telling us that we can't have anything good and we have to be so restrictive, but it's like, hey, you know, here's, here's some good news. You can do, you know, the caffeinated coffee. Mm. There's a lot now, of the well, I, I think there's a lot of controversy about that. 
Now you talk about, you know, so that's what I'm saying that, um, you know, it's not, it's not a black or white thing where it's, it does have some evils too, you know, where it uh, stimulates your adrenals and can demineralize your bones, (laughs) but it also is a, you know, is a, a drink that helps as far as lowering your risk of cancer. So, you know, I just was like, okay, let's all be reasonable with this. There's not one particular food we want to focus on. There's many different things, but you don't have to feel so bad, you know, about drinking your cup of coffee or two in the morning if if that's what you like to do because there's definitely some health benefits. All right, so let's talk about selenium and let's talk about some of these potent foods like the cruciferous vegetables like broccoli and omega three fatty acids, and so what are some of the other things that you really, that we should have in our diet every day? Sure. So, um, you know, one of the healthiest types of uh, fats that we can consume is the omega-3 fatty acids, and these are found in uh, wild-caught salmon, flax oil, walnuts, um, and so the omega-3 fatty acids are things that um, have tremendous anti-cancer effects to them, and they actually directly affect the BRCA1 gene. So um, they also have very uh, powerful anti-inflammatory effects, and we know that inflammation is something that contributes to every single chronic disease, including cancers. So um, omega-3 fatty acids, very healthy and important for everybody to take, you know, supplementally. Um, the selenium that you mentioned is a mineral which is found in our soil. However, our soil is kind of getting nutrient depleted, but it's involved in our body's own DNA repair mechanisms and also in um, in a uh, our own body's antioxidant system. So they found that if people are low in selenium, their risk of different kinds of cancers is about 50% higher. Now, for the BRCA1 gene families, um, what they found is that the uh, BRCA1 gene is something called a tumor suppression gene that actually governs some of this DNA repair. And so there was a study that was done, a double-blinded placebo-controlled study. So this is our gold standard of the BRCA1 gene mutation women. They gave them selenium supplements, which actually helps to correct some of the defect that goes on with that gene. And they found that within two years, the women taking the selenium supplements had a 200% lower incidence of breast cancer. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, the great news is, you know, I always tell folks, like, a lot of times changing your diet and lifestyle is real hard. And, in fact, there's these terrible statistics, and that is that 90% of everyone who's had a heart attack in the United States goes back to the original diet and lifestyle within one year. And why is that? Because it's just so hard, you know, for us to change our diet and lifestyle. So one of the things that I recommend is to start with some really great nutritional supplements first because, like, the selenium, you know, we talked about um, is something where we definitely have the research that shows that it makes a difference. So um, some of my top ones that I recommend, there's a mushroom formula called AHCC, and AHCC is kind of a chemical name that stands for a, um, a formula where they take multiple different kinds of medicinal mushrooms, uh, kind of the roots of them, and um, and they especially uh, make it so that the molecules are smaller so we can absorb it into our body a little bit uh, more effectively than the bigger mushroom molecules. But what the HCC does is it will stimulate 
the immune system or what we call modulating the immune system, but it affects all the different cells in our immune system. So really our immune system is the thing that keeps us healthy and any time there's a slug to our immune system, which can come from stress, you know, staying up too late at night, eating the wrong kinds of foods, toxins and so forth, then that's when we're forming cancer cells all the time and the immune system will recognize it and if your immune system is weak, that's when those cancer cells can start to grow out of control. So one technique for helping to prevent cancer is to keep your immune system as strong as you can. AHCC is something that's been found to lower the risk of all sorts of different kinds of cancers with people that are taking it on a regular basis. If you have cancer and you're taking it, it improves your survival statistics. Um, significantly. Right. And people can buy that in the health food store, the AHCC. You know, they are. Um, but, you know, on my website, which is drchristinehorner.com, D-R-C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-E-H-O-R-N-E-R.com, I've got information about it because, you know, different brands have different, um, you know, qualities and so forth. So you can read about it a little bit more on my uh, right. website. Yeah. And let's talk about the other potent foods like the cruciferous vegetables, Broccoli, yeah, so, um, so and then walnuts yeah, and flaxseeds. So broccoli, cauliflower, kale, cabbage. This particular family of uh, what's called cruciferous vegetables. So it's um, if you cut across the stem, it makes a cross, you know, formation mm. in there, which is why it has that name. And all of them have multiple different, very powerful anti-cancer. We call them plant chemicals or phytochemicals that are in them, and they've been extensively studied. And so one is called um, indole 3 carbonyl or IC3, um, and then also there's a couple different other ones that help with detoxification, but there's been, uh, as I said, a tremendous amount of research, and they found that people who eat cruciferous vegetables on a regular basis have a much lower incidence of breast, prostate, colon cancer, heart disease, all sorts of things. So even the United States government has said we should be including this family of uh, vegetables in our diet on a regular basis because they're so protecting and promoting for our health. Yeah, so true. I want to go back for a minute to the Angelina Jolie decision to have the preventable double mastectomy. What, um, what's your feeling about that? You sort of stated it, but what is your sense of that? Well, you know that there's all sorts of different things that go into predicting what the risk of developing breast cancer is, and we don't know her medical history. So we don't know if she had multiple biopsies done in the past that showed pre-malignant breast cancer or something that, you know, put her at a much higher risk. The other thing that really goes into a decision is, um, you know, nobody, everybody's individual and nobody um, has kind of the same, um, you know, experiences or emotional, you know, situations. And so you really have to base your decision on how you're going to treat somebody on the, who they are individually, what they're willing to do, what their fears are, and, um, and then come up with the best treatment plan. So for Angelina, you know, she watched her mom die of ovarian cancer, and, you know, she, I guess, had been battling it for about 10 years and then died, you know, way too early. And so for Angelina, obviously, that was extraordinarily traumatic for her. And when a woman has watched her mother and, you know, her aunt then died of breast cancer recently, too, it is so traumatic for them that, you know, what happens is that the fear of developing it um, becomes really debilitating. And so every day they wake up and they think, oh, my God, is this the day that it's going to happen to me? Yeah. And so for those people, um, 
you know, there, it, it's just, like I said, a debilitating thing to have that much fear. And it's understandable, you know, that they would have that given what their circumstances are. And so for those individuals, sometimes, you know, doing what seems to be more drastic surgery as far as, you know, mastectomies or taking the ovaries out, um, that gives them their life back um, because it takes the fear away from them. For other women, they're far more concerned about losing organs. And, and they're, you know, the message that I give is that they're absolutely are ways that you can dramatically lower your risk. In fact, making it maybe you only have a 10 to 20% risk or so, um, so you got an 80 to 90% chance that you're not going to develop the cancers, but it requires a lot of discipline, which means that you're doing all the diet and lifestyle uh, approaches that are known to be effective, doing the various different supplements, avoiding the things you know that we know that can contribute to it, and then getting frequent monitoring so um, there are right. non-invasive ways to monitor that don't use radiation because they found that women with the BRCA1 gene mutation, their breast tissue is very sensitive to radiation. And if you do mammograms at early ages on these women, it actually increases the risk of breast cancer by 90%. Yeah. So you don't want to do that. Sure. But there are, you know, you can use ultrasounds. Um, and then there's uh, something called thermography, which is an infrared yes. picture of the breast. Um, and these are great ways to monitor so that if there's any changes that occur, then, you know, you can catch it before it's, them. you know, life-threatening or serious. Yeah. All right. I want to let people know that in your book, uh, Waking the Warrior God- Goddess, you have a 30-step program. You talk about, of course, and there are 30 of them, so I won't read them all, but you talk about eating fresh, organically grown fruits and vegetables every day. And there's so many points here. So I suggest people, to folks, that you really get this book. It's very easy to read. You talk about avoiding all health-destroying fats, as well as taking two to three tablespoons of flax seeds every day. But there are 30 points, and it's a very easy book to read and understand, and I think it you know, really should be a companion, for, particularly for women, in preventing breast cancer. Um, it's very well done. Oh, thank you. It, you know, it You're actually welcome. won the best health book of the year in uh, 2006, and I'm coming up with an updated revised edition here in the next right. Uh, in October, um, yeah, which that's, is wonderful. You know, even further expanded. But a lot of women have said, you know, it's been their complete resource as far as, yep. um, you know. And it is a health. resource book. Yeah, I yeah. want to ask you, we have a couple minutes left. I want to ask you about hormones. You know, for sure. women, uh, hormone replacement therapy. For women who, um, you know, some women go into menopause early. Some women just do uh-huh. well with estrogen. But let's look at the risks of estrogen and how that affects the breast. So, you know, uh, years ago, obviously, we were doing lots of uh, pharmaceuticals that was using horse urine uh, to give women uh, hormones. And, you know, the whole idea was that we thought that it was, you know, something that really helped all these different diseases. But the, the Women's Health Initiative study, which is a large prospective study, found that, in fact, that wasn't true, and, and it was increasing the risk of breast cancer as well as a multitude of other kinds of diseases. So that the prescribing practices, um, you know, stopped um, in 2002, and there was a 7% lower incidence of breast cancer the following year 
Um, and then another uh, big drop the, the second year, and now it's kind of plateaued. So we definitely know that there was a link. Now, um, I am certified in Ayurveda, which is a traditional system mm-hmm. of medicine from India, and it's all about learning about what it means to be a human being and the natural laws that govern us. And so any disease, any symptoms that we're having are viewed as imbalances that occur in the body due to um, wrong decisions in diet, lifestyle, and so forth. And so um, what I prefer to do when I work with women is to say, okay, what, you know, if you're having menopausal symptoms, it's like, okay, let's look at your, you know, complete holistic, you know, your diet, your lifestyle, your emotions and everything, and let's see where we can adjust those based on your body type and your body constitution. And when you do some really simple things, like going to bed before 10 o'clock at night, you know, I've seen hot flashes go away. So I think it's much better to look at, you know, why are you having those symptoms? It's actually not universal that everyone has menopausal symptoms and in other countries like India and uh, Japan, for instance, they don't even have a word for a hot flash because it doesn't happen. So it makes much more sense to me to say, okay, let's get to the root causes. Let's make some adjustments in your diet and lifestyle and lo and behold, your symptoms go away, you know, rather than trying to, you know, cover them up with uh, hormones and, and we don't know the safety of um, bio, uh, the bioidentical hormones at this time because you have to study things out into the future for 20 years before you get the so, good data, which so, is why we didn't have it with the pharmaceutical stuff. Well, your approach is very holistic and alternative and complementary, and you yes. use both, which is which yes. is really wonderful for women who you know don't want to immediately go under the knife. They don't want to immediately just look at medications. They want right. an alternative, holistic approach, and that's what you offer. Yes, that's absolutely right. And I think it's the gentlest and it's the thing that's going to give you the best health um, because, you know, you're not just approaching one aspect of the body. um, You're actually increasing the health. And, you know, for me, it's not just about avoiding diseases. It's about how great can you feel and how much joy can you experience in life. And you got to have good health in order to uh, get the full joy out of health, out of life. Thank you so much. Dr. Horner, how can people find your book? So, um, you know, my book is widely available, um, but definitely on the Internet, um, on my website, drchristinehorner.com, D-R-C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-E-H-O-R-N-E-R.com. And, of course, it's also on all the major, uh, you know, book sites, too. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much for oh, being you're on welcome. the program. Yeah, stay on the line for a minute. All right, folks, that wraps up Patricia Raskin Positive Living. Remember, stay healthy, stay happy, get the support you need, and know you can make your dreams come true. Until next time, I'm Patricia Raskin. You can write to me, Patricia, at PatriciaRaskin.com. Bye for now. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 